Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Irreplaceable Man podcast and formerly the Mental Purpose podcast. For those of you that recognize my voice and the logo looks similar, we are now the Irreplaceable Man podcast. And I'll tell you why very quickly why we made that transition. So mentors of mine about six months ago had said to me, the man that you became when you had this event happen in your life where your wife wanted to leave because you weren't the authentic, genuine, honest, incredible human being that she knew you to be, what happened? And I said, I started to build this structure and this strategy for myself and these exercises to become this irreplaceable man that she would never want to leave. And six months ago, when my coaches kind of got that out of me, I didn't really understand it. And I think that I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to be in it, both feet in. And so six months go by. And at the end of January, 2023, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, really, I had that come up again. And this time, the people that were mentoring and holding me accountable, they asked me, what's the biggest fear? And I said, I think the biggest fear is the fear that comes out in all of our relationships. We are the most vulnerable and the weakest and the most at risk and the most confronted by our partners, especially when the relationship means something to us, really means something. So when Mary and I went through that in 2016, it really scared me because you're the person, well, by the way, she's sitting here with me. <laughs> I was going to get to that. <laughs> I, I was going to do the intro and then intro you. Look. <laughs> Mare's sitting here next to me, and we're going to be doing an episode, at least one episode a month of the Irreplaceable Man podcast so that you can get an inside track to our marriage, our life, the shit we go through, the shit we bumped up against, the failures that have happened, and how we've worked through and what we've learned from that, and the relationship that we have today, and the trust and bond connection that we have. So I wanted to make sure that I cleared all of those fears out that I was feeling when going for this new branding. Go from the Men on Purpose podcast and the Men on Purpose you know, movement to the irreplaceable man movement. Become the irreplaceable man that your wife will never fucking leave. That is big. And I think that I was afraid of that six months ago because maybe I was afraid to put both feet in because I was still harboring this fear that she may not be able to recover from who I was. And it was unconscious. And these guys helped to bring that out. And for me to see, you got no choice. If you're going to lead a movement and you're going to make the best marriage possible, you got to be both feet in and you have to clear the fear. And the fear was that she never would get over or couldn't get over the resentment and the regret and all the bullshit from who I used to be. So. First of all, my apologies. Seriously, it, 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 when I think about it, and I think about the guy that you knew, you knew me to be, and the guy that I was acting as, I don't know how I would have handled the situation. I think I would have wanted to leave you too. <laughs> I think I would have wanted to leave you. Um, <clears throat> hi, everyone. You didn't really formally introduce me yet. Well, I don't know if I, I, I don't, I don't, I, mean, I don't want to say, podcast yeah, I don't want to say, I don't know how to long time. So guys, this is 
my wife Meredith Snow Lobos. She is five foot four. I'm just kidding. It's like that question. She has really luxurious brown hair. Miss congeniality, what's your perfect day? And she can say for all 50. No, we don't need to get into no. all of well, look, We have a really great marriage. And I talk to people a lot and I say, it's not the marriage that I'm concerned with. It's the partnership. Right. We have a great marriage because we have a great partnership. I think we have a great partnership because of a couple of different factors. Why do you think we have a good partnership? When we're the authentic, real I didn't realize this can be us, why do you think that we have a really great partnership? <clears throat> um God. <laughs> <laughs> I get nervous, guys. Um you've done this before I, I, and you've been very powerful. I know. Bill Caparetta loved the first episode he heard of you. Um it should have been like, like, okay. The why do I think I think when yeah. you break it all down, our, uh, you know, when you when you move aside like husband and wife and parents and all of that, when you when you push all of that aside and it's just the two of us sitting down, um, or you know we don't have to be sitting down, but when it's just the two of us, I think that we are friends sounds cheesy like I I I, it's real but you know you break it down to this like level of we just get along on a very like like there's a foundational level you know what I mean that we can get along when we are are stripped of all the bullshit I think that that's what, that's why we're still sitting here, right? Because, you know, we can laugh about anything, talk about anything. We can have in-depth conversations. We can talk about, I don't know. Sex and money. Anything. The hard pieces. Yeah, the hard, you know, when, yeah. And, and those are big conversations that, um, that have to happen at that foundational level, right? Like yeah. you can't bring all of that in. I think when we move past resentment and regret and hard feelings and and all that we can communicate. I think that's like the biggest thing for us is that we we've always been able to communicate openly once or when we allow ourselves to be just, you know, truly open and yeah. Look, I- First and foremost, we both did the work on each other to become irreplaceable to each other. On each other, on ourselves? Both. Yeah, okay. Both. We, you know, that's what the irreplaceable man movement is about is to be, to be able to step into doing the work on yourself to become that man that you know you're capable of being, the one that you knew that mm-hmm. I wasn't acting as, and then become that man inside your relationship, inside your partnership. And you now are the husband that is irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. Now the other person has to do that work. And there's some guys out there whose wives think, well, he's going to leave. And you thought right. that too. When we would go to counseling, you were afraid that I was going to leave. Mm-hmm. So now you become the irreplaceable husband whose wife will never fucking leave. But you also won't leave. And you or become the person that she trusts won't leave. 
And there's a, there's, yeah. that's, there's massive heaviness in that and, and movement. And I think when I talk to a lot of guys who are dealing with challenges, I think one of the things that we got to go back to is our story of, of the, of the cycle down, mm -hmm. which I don't even think it was ever a cycle up. I think it was a straight cycle down from the time we got married. It just was on this downward trajectory. Like, Cause we, I was, yeah, we, I, I think the, the beginning of our relationship and the first couple years of our marriage, there was so much external going on. So many like real life things happening and not that real life doesn't happen every day, but there was so much there that was piling on yeah, and, and kind of creating a, a pressure cooker. For me, it was, and, and guys, you're going to be able to, to associate with this, the protector and provider, mainly provider mindset that I had, the judgments that I thought I was facing from the outside world, the pressures of keeping up and of measurement to other people, although, you know, very dangerous, still was happening. Being busy to avoid, all those things mm -hmm. were culprits that I allowed to happen that ended, that led to this, this conversation that you and I had about, hey, if you can't be the you that you really are, that I know that I have to go. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, I want to bring that stuff up. The marriage to 2016 basically five years yeah was it five yeah, 20, yeah 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 so our daughter was born at the end of 2015 mm -hmm. and all this stuff came to a head at the end of 2016 so we sit here today having the business we have the coaching business the curriculum the exercises the stuff that we have um we got these kittens you know these kittens in the studio with us they're messing with the loudest ball possible well um it's our life. And we, uh, I forget what the I one time they come out to play. I know. So what, what was on that downward trajectory or what put us on that or how I put us on that was that I wanted to be the provider that you didn't have to worry where money was coming from. And I wanted to make sure that we were set up and that we were progressing and that we were advancing with our investments and that we were pushing our, uh, you know, passive income and that we were doing everything that you say, you know, you've reread the books that you you're supposed to do. And so I left my dad's business right after we got married and I started this real estate business and inside, inside the real estate business. Sorry guys, just for right now. Um, I didn't feel valuable. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel appreciated, approved of, accepted, you name it. And I know guys, you're dealing with that. And that's why your job is so important to you. And that's what it was for me because I didn't know how to give that. I wasn't getting that. So the outside world became where I sought approval and love and connection and comfort and, and all those things from. And so money became the catalyst and the tool around my identity to say, hey, when I have money, all of these needs are met, whether they're met by you or not, they're met. And that was a dangerous place because now I am identity of provider, which means without making a lot of money, I'm not worthy, not valuable with making a lot of money. I'm okay and safe. 
yet there was still this this gap between you and I mm -hmm. until it kind of came to a head. I mean, there was fun because the money was rolling in and money sugarcoats and puts a candy coating on all the shit and the pain and the problems that you have. So being busy, money, sports, working so much, you know, all of these things are what we call angles of avoidance in, in the, in the irreplaceable man world. And I was using all those and not working on my relationship thinking, well, as long as I'm providing at a high level, you should be happy. And that's my job. So I'm providing. So why are you pissed off? Why are you mm -hmm. mad? And I didn't understand how to get out of that. And that's what we're doing here is we're teaching men how to reform and reshape their identity around provider and protector mindset and how to understand how to come to the table to their wives as their authentic, irreplaceable self, have conversations from that place, have connection, have intimacy, sex, money talks, whatever it might be from that place. Right. And so you fast forward to 2016. See, so you and I, I think see that situation a lot differently. We do. I saw it as, as my life's going to end if you leave. Mm -hmm. And that's where that fear came in. And it was unconscious until about a month ago that I was harboring that I never, I dealt with saving the marriage and becoming irreplaceable. I never dealt with the trauma from that day of when you said, I got to go and I'm taking the baby with us. I, yeah, we see it differently. For you. Yeah. For me, it was like a passing comment. For me, it, it was, it was just not like a big, this is the person that I trust the most in this world that I count on when my confidence is low or when it had been low in the past. I mean, I still do that today. Mm -hmm. Like this is the person I trust most in this world. I don't, and this isn't a codependent thing. This is a partnership thing. I don't want to do life without you. That's where the trauma came in. Yeah. So instead of dealing with the trauma, I dealt with finding a solution. Mm -hmm. I became the irreplaceable husband. However, I only recently started dealing with the trauma that was put in place. That I caused. No, no, that I caused in my story that I told myself. Yeah, of, that's true. I'd never find somebody else like you. Mm -hmm. Guys, what's inevitable if you don't start making these changes is your wife's going to fucking leave you. Or you're going to probably be like most of your parents or our parents, and you're going to be you're going to be in a stale, boring, like non-exciting kind of just it just it just is marriage. Right. And well, you just you and there's nothing wrong the with that. That's just not what we wanted. And we didn't want to just get through life. We wanted we didn't want to just get through the day. We wanted to thrive through the day. So I set out on this path to create this curriculum for myself to work myself through. And I didn't deal with the trauma that was from the story that I created, which was no one else. I will never be able to trust anyone again mm -hmm. if I lose her. This is my partner in life. I don't like. Could I, I, I don't want to go out there and find anybody else. I, I was just, wasn't interested in that. And, and the, the story that my mentor, if you remember that day, I called my mentor on the, on FaceTime. No. And I said, Hey, I think my wife's going to leave me. And he said, let me tell you, this is how replaceable, irreplaceable came. Oh, right, right, right. Let right, me tell right. you what it looks like to be replaced. And I, I still have a screenshot. I took a couple of screenshots of him, like yelling at me. And I'm crying on the phone, sitting on our bed at the condo. I remember like, yeah. Remember okay. I, yes, I do remember. Yes, I do. I do. And I, and I said, this is what's going to happen. And he said, have you done everything you can? And I said, no. And he said, well, let me paint a picture of what being replaced looks like. 
And I think that's what scared the mm -hmm. shit out of me, right? That's what was like, here, let me change this angle for you. You look, you need to look more straight here. Well, I'm, I'm, or actually, you know what? I'm going to move this just, this yeah. way. There you go. Okay. Okay. I'm just, look straighter. I'm, I'm into awkward though. So. Oh, you're good. So, okay. So he said, let me paint a picture of what replace looks like. If you, sorry, if you do not do this work, you're going to walk up to a, you remember this? No, I do remember it. The, I, yes, I remember. I do remember it. You're going to walk up to a house. It wasn't day. as traumatic for me. It though. was really traumatic for me. For I, and I, I understand that. And I hear you saying I that. I think this podcast is going to be therapy for you and I too. Because we Probably. might learn things about our stories yeah. that we told each other, not based in reality, based in our trauma inside right. in our past that created this story that created this additional fear. And he said, let me tell you a story about what it means to be replaced. You're going to walk up to a house one day and you'll see cars in the driveway that you're most likely paying for because I was a breadwinner. No offense to you. Like, cause I was a breadwinner and that was our agreement. I'm serious. Not that you couldn't. I'm just, that was what he said at the uh -huh. time, right? Yeah. Cause that was our role. Even though you worked in the real estate yes. business with me to a house that you're most likely paying for, because that was your role. That was your commitment. And to a door where you're going to open, you're going to ring the doorbell and another guy's going to answer. And that guy's going to call for your kid or kids. And your kids are going to come down and say goodbye to him first. And then hi to you next. And they're going to walk out with you. And as you walk down the stairs and you pass the cars and you get in the car and you see your kids get in that you haven't seen in a week, you're going to have to face this regret and this resentment and this anger inside of you that you could have done something mm -hmm. about this, that you could have become. And when I say become, I don't mean change. I mean, evolve. I mean, strip the shit away that has made you and protected you. You know, the pieces of marble that aren't you to reveal the authentic you. Mm -hmm. You will have realized that you didn't do that work. There is no going back now. She's now with somebody else who probably isn't your model. That's what he said to me. She's already tried your model and she ain't going back to that model. She's not going back to that. Oh, God. And he's probably the guy that you don't want raising your kids. Who's, you know, talking about college and 401ks and getting a good job and, you know, and one vacation a year to the beach. And like, you will have, you will have ruined all of these lives because you couldn't step up and commit to doing the work on you. And I was like, holy fuck. He goes, it's all on you. Your legacy, your marriage, your partnership, everything is on you. And I thought, oh my God. But what are you going to stop right there? Whatever you're going to say about, but what about her? But what about... She's got choices. She makes decisions. But what would she does this? And doesn't it take two to tango? He said, fuck all that. And fuck you for thinking that. Remember, you remember this guy? Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Way more intense That's than right. I was. Yeah. And I said, what do I do? And he goes, you take it 100% on you. Your marriage, her happiness, you not getting divorced, your growth, your fatherhood, it is all on you. Your future is up to you. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. I never thought about 
it being all up to me and on me not saying that you didn't have right a not saying stay. That responsibility yeah or that you didn't have responsibility yeah. it's like what would your mindset be like if you could take it on from it's all on me and i'm in charge of changing the future i'm in charge of, of getting this marriage back on track now here's the caveat guys who are listening your wife has to be on board with wanting right. to get the marriage back on track now if you're in a situation like we were like like we weren't where the wife is checked out and the husband's like, please, honey, please, honey, please, honey. You got a different situation, guys. What we're talking about here is a wife that says, please, please do the work. And you saying, I'm committed and I'm going to do whatever it fucking takes to get that done. That's where we were. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are, as a husband, if you're completely checked out and your wife is begging you, well, my, my tooth popped out again. <laughs> <laughs> look guys we're sharing stuff on here we're intimate we're, we're, get, we're gonna get to know each other really well i got a fake tooth in because i gotta get an implant put in so i have this fake one my cat's out of the bag you probably seen me without a tooth in just waiting to get the implant anyway <laughs> didn't you go on a date once yeah <laughs> <laughs> this dude this one Yes. Um, this, yeah, I was at a sushi date back in my eHarmony days before I met you. By the way, before you were blessed with my presence. Yeah, well, that would, that's another thing I want to talk about. We met July 3rd, 2005, and we met again July 3rd, 2010. Mm -hmm. it, was the, it was the first time I ever thought, all right, God, all right, universe, I get it. I'm going to go for it. You were very different than what I'd ever dated, anybody mm -hmm. I'd ever dated. And I, I, I really was attracted to you because you made me feel stable mm -hmm. and like steady. How, and how did I make you feel stable? Because you were, you were so stable and steady and calm that maybe even self-consciously, I, I backed up a little bit of my like craziness mm -hmm. to like think about things a little bit more because the way that you looked at me was so, I say slow, not in a bad way. <laughs> I say slow, like I could see that your mind wasn't racing as fast as yeah. mine. And you took time to answer me on my, on our first date. And so like, I just, I liked your energy. You know what's funny is I feel like I talked way too much. And guys, I'm, I don't, I'm not like, a, I, I, I'm a little shy. I shy away from things sometimes. So I, what? Just make sure you like the look of how this look here. Who am I? I don't. I'll okay. Do, that's better. That. That'll that's better. Be yeah, yeah. Yeah. But see, I feel like on our first my, date. They won't see okay. my tooth. It'll look like I have all teeth. <laughs> um. It was like, oh, I felt like on our first date, I was just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and I love that because I knew that that was a part of you that wasn't like the constant mm -hmm. where my constant is like that. Yeah. And that me just sitting and kind of listening a little bit more was, was a part of me. Even, I mean, we still have those conversations now where I pause and you're like, where, where are the words? <laughs> <laughs> so digression back. I, um, we, Stay on track. we, no, this, this is a exploratory podcast. We're going to be starting, we're telling a story and, and there's still six people watching who were, that's the original six. So that's, yeah. it's good. Um, guys, I don't know if this thing can, I mean, you can comment on here. I don't know why I'm not seeing them. If you've got questions, you drop them in here. We'll, we'll answer them at the end of here. So, um, I'm really like focused at that point. I oh, know it's all on me. 
Um, oh, now they're all showing up. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Now they're all popping up. I don't know if they're fresh or not. Hey, Andy. Hey, Keith. Hey, Steven. Hey, Connick. Um, thanks for being here, guys. Well, there's seven now. So I think there are a lot of guys out there that rush into relationships to be with someone, to get married, to get their parents off their back. And I want to call light to that because that is not what happened with us. I believe that's what happened with my previous engagement. You laugh like they don't know. Everything's on the table, man. I know. I was rushing because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And remember, what we're talking about here is what guys are really dealing with. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're you're dealing with the shit that we're saying. And these are the guys that we help. And so I didn't feel that with you. I didn't feel obligated or pressured to hit the next step because like, okay, well, I'm out of college and I have a job and now I got to get married and then we got to have kids and then I got to get the promotion and then I got to get another promotion and then another promotion. And then now I'm watching sports 12 hours on Sunday and I'm mowing the lawn, even though I could pay somebody like, and you get into that yeah. bullshit escape mindset. I didn't want a boring relationship with my wife. I, I wanted an, a, a thriving, incredible relationship. It has not been boring. It's not been boring. We have been married for 12, 13, 15, 18 <laughs> 26 we're on, we are not i'm not we're old enough 12. to have been married that long we are almost at 12 years yeah um in october we're fresh on 11 years this is true okay we are fresh on 11 years yeah i don't know why at 12 because i just keep thinking 23 and 11 well we've been together 12 we've been together 12 we've been married 11 and i didn't feel that obligation so i want to point that out because and I want to get your opinion on this too mm -hmm. i want to point that out because there's a lot of guys who say to me you know i, I married my wife early like really early, right out of college. We were college sweethearts. And I feel like we rushed into it and we could have had a little bit more conversation or whatever it might be or, or experience. And that guy might be sitting in his relationship saying, I'm not sure if this is what I actually want. How do I put the work in knowing that this isn't actually what I want? The answer is, well, you got to go out and figure out what you actually want mm -hmm. and make a decision. And if it's not what you want, just because we say we're going to, we're helping you to become the irreplaceable husband whose wife will never fucking leave. We are helping you become the irreplaceable man that you are created to be first and foremost. If that means that you get honest with your wife because you're playing half in half out anyway and say, Hey, this isn't something that I want. And I, I've been scared to talk to you about it. Maybe she wants out and you move, you move on and you say, Hey, I, when I move on, I move on to the new relationship as the new version of me. Maybe your wife doesn't want the new version of you. Maybe she just wants the old, you know, version of you and you're looking for something new. There are a couple different scenarios here. What are your thoughts on what all those 50 million things I just said? <laughs> you need me to go back. What's what's the what are the key points here? Um the the feeling obligated. Oh, you oh, feel you obligated mean and to get married. No. And then what about what about like people maybe that you know or just you've heard of who are in a marriage that they rushed into. What are your thoughts on that? What do you, what would you do in this situation if you had rushed into it with me? Like, I mean, here's the thing. People probably, I, we were, we were engaged after nine months, married within six months of our engagement. So some people would say that that is rushing. Well, I just knew I wanted to be but, with you. Uh, yeah, we had, yes. Then that was a conversation that we had. We knew we wanted to be married and we knew we wanted, I think from my perspective, 
in that scenario, what we did right well, what I think probably saved us, even though there was more work to be done. I mean, there's always work to be done. It's not, you can't, don't just get married and that's it. But we didn't have kids right away. We didn't jump into like all, it wasn't like, okay, now we're married. All right. Well, next, 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 check it off, check off. Here's, you know, let's do all this. Were there boxes that we started checking? Of course that's life. But I, I think that the time we took post marriage was helpful because that, that laid a foundation where we were able to communicate. I think when 2016 came about and, you know, the, that conversation that we had could not have happened if we hadn't created time for just us. Yeah. And that's probably why we're still sitting here today because we had four years where it was just us. I just, I think at that point, the business and like, although we had that, I was worried that we would never get that connection back after we had Ellis. And that Ooh, I that's, was- That's like the work that you put into marriage. I know, and I didn't realize that. And I want to point that out because- Or any relationship, you know. The business and my friends became where I sought a- approval and- These cats have never sorry, wanted anything to do with us. And now all they're of They're finally out they're, and they're they're getting crazy and attacking each other and sneezing. And anyway- uh, They're real cute. I, I I never understood when when Ellis came in, the mindset, the habits that I created to seek approval from the outside, the external world, that got personified because mm-hmm. you now had someone in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I came from a place where my mom was always for me. And so that was a transition. And I'm pointing that out, guys, so you can understand where my past is. And maybe it is something of your past, too. And you can start to understand your situation. And I think we started out with very clear. I have a trouble with boundaries, with communication. And I don't think it's a bad thing anymore. I think it was when I was a kid. I'd like to share everything that I'm thinking and feeling. So Mary and I got really used to communicating very openly and effectively Mm -hmm. at first from the beginning so the only time we didn't communicate effectively is when I was getting my needs met from outside of our home and I didn't feel like your need you could meet my needs inside of our home that sounds no you know I I might clarify our our 2016 in our business was a phenomenal year yeah financially yes and that I, was the approval that you were getting right. was in business and awards and accolations and is and accolations work. Ac- is it? I don't know. Accolades. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's accolades. Anyway. But no, you're right. That was you were getting so much attention outside. I was partying way too much. Yeah. I was I probably was using alcohol too much. Well, there was always an event. There was always an open bar. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, if you're a real estate bar. agent, you know, every night there's an event, there's open bar, there's tons of people that are like, you're doing so well, you're amazing, you're amazing. And I wasn't getting that from you. And 
I knew that I shouldn't have been doing that. I just didn't know how to talk to you about it because, well, honestly, you were so powerful when you had when, when you were pregnant and and you had the baby. And I was like, whoa, I saw a side of you that I'd never seen, this power side. And I thought, I don't think she needs me anymore. I've never seen this. I always thought that I was the power in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling guys this because I want you to think about this with your wives. I I watched you have Ellis and I was like, holy shit, I don't think she needs me. And then right away you were into routine and sleep training and schedules. And I'm like, how the fuck does she do this? I I think I'm just going to be in your way. And I just backed off because I thought I was going to mess shit up Mm -hmm. and affect your life even more than I already had. Mm -hmm. And so I probably should have just come to you and said, and and honestly, authentically, and in the present moment said, yeah. I feel like I'm not wanted. I feel like I'm going to mess up your flow and the systems here. I was too selfish to actually get involved back then. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to do extra work. I wanted to join a country club, like a D-bag. And not that you're, not that country clubs, people are D-bags. It, it, was, a D-bag, it was a D-bag you move for me so. because it was just super inauthentic and fake. And that's just not me. I don't golf. I don't play tennis. I don't do anything except for swim and the pool was cold. So I didn't want to swim in that anyway. So here we are. Um, so I am bringing that up because I want guys to understand that you and I have been through the same shit that they're going through that they've experienced. It just might be a little different. You and I have had this connection that was broken in 2016. Right. And a little bit into 2017 and Mm -hmm. 2017 is really the year that I put a thousand hours into personal development mm-hmm. and I got really serious. And I saw in a training up in New York, I saw somebody like I saw their life open up. I saw a coach on stage, create a possibility for somebody's life that like, I've never seen somebody look like that. And I've never seen somebody have harnessed so much power. And I said, I want to do that for other people. Mm-hmm. And so not only did I start studying personal development for me, I started building it and understanding it to help other people out. And I believe that that was my purpose. And, and it turns out it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you and the audience that and you and I have had this conversation because I know these guys are going to associate with that. And that led to the end of 2016, when you said, Hey, you said it in passing. I believe you said it with my head in a guillotine. You're like, I'll pull this fucking switch. If you don't change. That's how it felt to me. We were standing in the kitchen of the condo, right? Yeah. And you, I, I, maybe I made this up. You slammed this pot down on the counter. I, I may have. And you don't, that's, you're very common and steady. You're a, you're a high C and S in the disc profile. And I remember like coming to, and that's when you said, are you really the model of a man that you want your daughter to attract in her life one day? And I I was like, oh fuck. You remember that? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Guys that's real fucking love and confrontation Mm -hmm. and i appreciate you so for that i'm serious you smell so good oh my god you smell so good thank you it's that perfume um the shoot i just had a really good thought in my head and now it's gone oh i think the 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 what what we were talking about like the foundation of marriage and whatever and I think that the one of the things that gets really we only talk about issues in marriage if it's like 
my husband's cheating. Are you saying we, we like no, we, no, no, or no, no, no. we as in a society? Yeah. Like the breakdown of like uh, you not feeling, you not being able to come to me when I, when the baby was born and, and to say, I don't think you need me anymore. Like nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about what happens to marriage after well, what would Kids you have said like to me? Big... You would have said like, get the fuck over it, dude. Like you were hormonal. You were postpartum. You would have been like, fuck off. Get over it. I'm running this household. I'm doing all this shit. We're, we're going to bring up in another episode how much you fucking do and how much I didn't realize that. And keep going. But I I, I mean, that's a thing. Like th- we don't talk. We don't, And and I, I am definitely not discounting like being a woman after giving birth because that's rough and emotions are rough and postpartum depression and anxiety and all of that is real but it does happen for men too and your life does change too and when you can't sorry sorry <laughs> launched like four feet when you can't identify what's going on i'm sorry that just looks so funny I'm majorly distracted with these cats. So we have to make sure they're yeah. not here next time. Um, no, but yeah. I, I think there's a whole, there's a whole level of, of, or there's a whole other discussion about um, like marriage and men and, and things after birth. Yeah. And, and that go, and that goes back to the way you were feeling, but you couldn't communicate it because who has said, oh, I'm a man and my wife just gave birth and I'm feeling down, you know, cause then you sound kind of like, well, after an asshole. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of the guys listening, you don't have the skills yet. No offense to you. You just don't have them. We weren't taught them. You haven't been in our world long enough. I mean, there's some guys listening that have been in our world who have the skills. They're realizing that maybe their marriages don't need to go on, or maybe they're realizing that their wives are completely checked out because that's their, that's how they've been programmed, or their wives have been begging them for so long, then they don't know how to turn it. Mm-hmm. And it's awkward. And they don't, they, they're like, I know my wife's been begging me for this. Well, I think to also from a, from my perspective, like you're saying, you know, oh, you just run it. You just knew how to do it. And I didn't know where I fit in. That was my, me surviving. Right. That's how I had to do it because there there was no other choice because you weren't present enough and once you had fallen into a routine of ignoring or being your own part you know not not participating there's survival survival mode that we have to get into we don't have to you could choose to thrive instead of survive but you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I think you were thriving though. I think it looked like or felt like survival to you. It was thrive. What's interesting is um, I think a lot of guys care and they think they're afraid to get their feelings hurt. They're afraid to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and they're afraid to like have that feminine flow energy come out and say to their wives, especially after birth, like, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, retreat into the being busy, avoiding the, the discussions, avoiding the the real deep shit. And they get busy with work and they go, well, I'm a provider. And they justify like I did. And I think that I was, I was, I think I was afraid after that to love you too much, literally until a month ago. Really? How's that for a revelation? I was just thinking about that. I was like, oh my God, I just wrote That's that down. Old. 
I and I want guys, you know, comment on the comment in the group and and let me know what you think about that statement. I I was just thinking as you were talking about it, I don't think I could have told you back then because I didn't want you to reject me and what I was feeling. Right. Even though I didn't really understand what I was feeling and it yet it felt valid. Mm -hmm. And I think all along the unconscious fear that I had was that you're never going to recover from the regret and resentment that you were feeling anyway. Mm -hmm. And that I'm feeling this regret and resentment toward who I used to be for you and, and with you and, and for this family and between my regret and resentment of who I was and the pain that I caused you and the pain that you felt and was caused and who I was for you, I never believed 100%, maybe like 95. Alex, Alex and I were talking about this yesterday. 95%, I believe that it could be. Mm-hmm. And there was a 5% piece, which was probably bigger than the 95% that she's never going to get over this. Mm-hmm. And so I sought and looked for the evidence that you are not going to be able to move from the resentment that you had towards me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I was at 95, five mm-hmm. until, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. And that's when irreplaceable man, like hit us both in the face right. and said, Oh my God, we need, this is what it's been. This is what mental purpose has been trying to be. This is what happened six months ago that we need to move on this now, mm-hmm. because not only does it, help all of our guys it helps us stay accountable helps me stay accountable to 100 percent in mm-hmm. and i was afraid to love you fully because you are the one person that can wipe me out you know what i mean in, yeah. literally in all aspects mm-hmm. you could take my kids money, which I don't really care about money that much. Like I don't care. I can, I can always make it. So you know what I mean? So I'm not worried about, you could take kids, money and like my heart mm-hmm. and my confidence and my trust factors and my safety and my, you name it. Guys, if you're listening to this and this registers with you, you need to have a conversation with your wife about this. And it's, even though I'm flowing with it, it's still fucking uncomfortable because not only are you sitting right in front of me and staring at me with your gorgeous eyes, you, we're on a mic. I know it's a little intimidating. And, and I, I wrote that down and I was like, oh, you're going to have to fucking talk about that one. And so I think I was afraid to love you because you were someone that can hurt me so much. Mm-hmm. And after, after Elsa was born and I never really like found footing again, it's always been in it's always been, it's been solid because we built it that way. Right. Yet it extremely frequently has been up to a certain line and I, and we, and I back off because mm-hmm. I'm like, she's probably going to leave anyway at some point. Yeah. It's forever, really forever. I mean, she's, she's probably gonna leave at some point. So can I go all in? Because it wasn't my ability or my capability to go all in. It was how much will it hurt when she leaves? Yeah. Because I wasn't. You were anticipating. Well, I didn't deal with the trauma of thinking about you actually leaving from end of 2016. Mm -hmm. And what my mentor said about another guy answering the door and my kids running out and and me having to deal with that shit forever. I I didn't like I knew I was going to fucking die with those resentments Mm -hmm. and that regret of not putting my ass into it. And guys, I'm telling you right now, this is your call to action. This is your 
fucking stand. We are your stand now. And the irreplaceable man movement is your stand. If you know you'd regret your wife leaving, yet you have not done anything about it, this is your fucking sign. This is your time. This is the place. And this is the moment when you need to say, I'm fucking committed. I don't want to lose her. I'm scared. It, it is going to hurt me if she leaves. I'll regret it forever to the day I fucking die. Then you better take action today. If you think that you can just kind of move on and it'll be okay and you'll just deal with the shit, and you'll find another woman, and you'll find another job and you'll move to a new city and everything will be, will be, uh, you know, avoided. Then do your thing. That's not for you. That's Bill. I know. I no. was reading what he was no. saying. He said, we're all the same. Men also want you to tell us we're pretty and it feed us tacos. tacos. Well, you told me I was pretty yesterday and you fed me tacos. Sweet I potato did. and chicken tacos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, boo. You're welcome. I think this platform and outlet is exactly what you and I need. It's what I needed to, to get both feet planted Mm -hmm. strapped in and like take our relationship and marriage to the next level what about you though and i'm gonna we're gonna end on trust and then we're gonna pick up next time on on and we're gonna talk specifically about trust what about you and trusting me even though i haven't shown you as much evidence as you may need that's an interesting question and i'm glad you asked that why do you stay we we talked about this in a shrink session um because when all with all the bullshit pushed aside and you know there's there the authentic true version of you underneath is exactly who i married and who i chose to be with and um this while the storms have been you say while you got that for me and i'm so sorry what while <laughs> um i've influenced you in a very negative yeah fashion. let's not um i want that accent um why what no okay. i know these i'm very cognizant of it and how who have influenced our children you the more accent the now I can I'm now sorry. I'm really self-conscious to say okay so Wild there have Iowa been was. intense storms there have been intense storms but it's a cheesy analogy like when they the storm clouds cheesy. clear and you know like there is that like authentic you where we can just like laugh and hang out and um have a fantastic time and we know each other very well and um you know, in flow, our relationship is fantastic and supportive and loving and exactly what we both want and need. Um, And I think that that has kept me here. I mean, there have been so many times where I could have been like, catch you later. I've got your credit card. (laughs) But um, that also would not be very authentic of me you know what I'm like that wouldn't be I wouldn't be stepping up to the plate then if I were just like okay I'm done I'm done yeah I wouldn't be putting in the work and the effort and the so then on the other side like I could have regrets too sure and and Steve Steve Fernandez brings up a good point and sometimes they 
sometimes we change for them, but they don't change for us. I, I want to make a real clear distinction here. I didn't change from you. You have to. You can't I evolved sense. me for me. Yeah. Right. That's the irreplaceable man. I became an irreplaceable husband when I became an irreplaceable man. Mm-hmm. When I irreplaceable means authentic. There's nobody that can replace you. There's nobody that is you. It's your DNA. And so when you remove the, which is a lifelong journey, when you remove the traumas and the stories and the bullshit from your past, and you're standing there as the, as the fully authentic, not encumbered or restricted or constrained by the past you, that's irreplaceable because nobody can match you. I became and did the work on me to become the irreplaceable version of me to then become the irreplaceable husband because irreplaceable Ian stepped into our marriage and automatically, right? That's the, that's our formula, right? Illuminate, eliminate, calibrate, accelerate, illuminating and understanding who you are and why your wife isn't happy with you and why you're not happy with you and why you're seeking the outside to to validate you or approve of you and why money means so much to you and why this means so much in your car and your clothes and you strip all that shit away and eliminate the fluff and you stand with what is working and you start to calibrate in what you know will work to get you the life, the vision that you see as possible. And that is when acceleration happen, that happens naturally. Mm-hmm. The three pieces of that formula, right? Which we call the purpose-driven formula, illuminate, eliminate, calibrate. That is the irreplaceable formula. Oh, you might need to change that. Mm-hmm. It equals acceleration. It equals irreplaceable husband. It equals irreplaceable father. So I didn't change for you. No. And you, you were the catalyst for me changing for me. Yeah. And if like Stephen, just to get clear on that, if you didn't change for you and you only changed for me, you would have harbored a shit ton of more resentment. Exactly. So guys, if you're forcing your wife to change, she's probably harboring resentment toward you. Well, and and then you're you are not your authentic self, right? You're become you're morphing into a created version, a version of of you that somebody else has created for their own. Yeah. And you're going to carry, you're, I guess, you're like, carry resentment on that. Yeah. One. You're yeah. going to, you're going to, you're massively conditioned up, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're as, and, and I've been this husband for you some, in the past, you're going to be conditioning your relationship. You're putting all kinds of shit on your relationship. And I think that's something else we need to talk about is, is conditions, conditions in our marriage, in our, in our relationship. Yeah, I think that the catalyst for change shouldn't be. It should always like you're the foundation of your change. Yeah. Or your growth. It's not even change because it's gotta be for you. Yeah, it has to be for you. Yeah. And and everybody else is on the like benefits from your change in a in a like real way, like positive, authentic way, not in a like a superficial like oh he changed for me he loves me yeah well that here's the thing though what we care about is sustainability yeah and at a certain point if you're changing for somebody else it's not sustainable it's not sustainable at a certain point that shit's going to come out and you're going to go you know i made all these moves for you and you ain't made those moves for me Mm -hmm. 
and then bam your past becomes your present which creates this fucked up future and that's when the train you know i have this analogy of like this bike bridge like a sturdy wooden bike bridge people are walking across biking across cool you only have to check on that every once in a while um oh, that's another thing i'm going to say is uh um stress test stress testing your marriage and then when you put a car on that bridge it's like cool it, it can hold it you got to check it way more though because it's not right. built for that there's a lot more torque and flex and the moment that a train comes and hits that bridge it's decimated and that's when divorce happened well and things we i that's a good point we don't normalize checking in on the marriage like it has to be you know it's not a set it and forget it no. thing you have to water it you have to replant seeds you might need to move the garden bed every once in a while but like you got we don't I feel like even people talking about couples therapy is still a like a ooh we're not I want to tell people that this is what we're doing you know and but normalize the the work that has to be done yeah and what we're doing here at irreplaceable man is we don't do therapy there's no couples therapy. There's you grow, you grow. We come back together. And as mature adults, we can figure shit out together. Mm -hmm. We've done couples therapy. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it's also being very honest with your partner. Like we're honest with each other about our traumas and our triggers and, and what, and even if it's like little things that we individually do you know like I we had this conversation recently too of like one of my triggers from our past that I am responsible for working through but also telling Ian that it is a trigger for me is a lot of like when when we worked in real estate together and in the morning you would just meet wake up and go yeah. go go you know like start going off and so now in the mornings I've said okay can you if you've got big thoughts and you need to have big discussions like can we wait until we've gotten through a certain number of things you know like our morning routine with the kids can we wait until we've gotten through that or like can you come to me and say and those and you and me being able to say this is why this triggers me. This is why this all of a sudden stresses me out. And, and I can't give you the full attention you need, which then that's a trigger. You know, it's understanding yourself and growing and working on things is not just a, um, like all of a sudden, Oh, it's better now. You know, there's no, it's, it's a constant evolution and movement. And, and I think that's why we work so well because we can say, okay, this is a trigger for me. How can we work through this together so that then I'm not? Sure. Look, I, I've used therapists and um, and shrinks and that kind of counselors in the past. And I still look to them today mm-hmm. for some of my personal internal that I can then bring back to this partnership. Mm-hmm. I felt like when we were in therapy, we were just dumping our shit on because at home we weren't listening to to each other and we were constantly in our trauma state. You know, Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body state. We were constantly in the trauma state. So nothing was going to get done. So we go in and have a babysitter as a third party to go, oh, hey, uh, you don't say that to her. She doesn't like that. You don't say that. 
in my opinion, now as an expert in personal growth and development for men, I believe that you can do that shit on your own and you can bring that you and those skills back to the relationship and cause change. So I'm putting it out there and I'm happy to have a conversation about it with anybody that wants to. You don't need therapy. And I don't think divorce is an option when you do this kind of work. We made divorce not an option for us. However, I'm saying that with the caveat of if you want to keep this together and you do the work together. Well, I think divorce meaning, no, not divorce meaning. There's one meaning of it, but the taking it off the table in a threat in a, well, we can just get divorced or I'm just going to leave you, or this is going to, this is going to end in divorce. That's when it comes off the table, right? right? Like you stop using it as a negotiating tool, a negotiating tool, a scapegoat, a, like, oh, well, I can just get divorced. Or it's easier to get divorced and I don't have to deal with my shit. That's yeah. the thing. So what we're doing here at the Irreplaceable Man is we are preventing divorces for people that actually want to stay in their relationship. We're helping men become the men who can operate their relationship that their wives actually fucking want to stay in. Mm -hmm. And their wives actually like and love and can thrive in and aren't afraid that the guy in their marriage is going to leave them. So they're playing one foot in, one foot out. He, you're playing one foot in, one foot out. And the thing just goes to Boringville. And you've wasted decades. So we're saving people from divorce. And we're telling you, you do not need couples therapy. You do not need a shrink. You can do this on your own. You just got to balls up and say, I'm fucking fully committed. It's like eating or breathing. I'm fully fucking committed to my growth and bringing that into the relationship mm -hmm. and coming up with systems and strategy to help grow my relationship. Mm -hmm. If the other person is 100% in, like you're 100% in, it will grow. Divorce is not even a thing anymore. And you don't need couples therapy. If the other person isn't in, it's because like you've been, you're a little skittish as to who am I going to be? And yeah. how am I going to show up? Is this shit going to last? What person's going to be here today? Right. And so guys, take your time with that. Your wife, if you've been like me in your relationship and a little bit more of the aggressor than the aggressive. I guess. Yeah. Um, That's a word. Then you need to understand that it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. And we're going to be and, talking and about all those things. Time and and conversation with your partner and sharing and being open and vulnerable. And there are a lot of tears to be had. Yeah. To be had to flow. They found another ball. Well, you bought them like a lot. <laughs> I will, I promise I'll give you this back. We're wrapping up. Okay. It's been an hour. We're going to keep trying our best to keep these to an hour. I think we had a good run. What do you think? You feel a I little bit so. more comfortable? Yeah. Okay. Look at your, your smile. Ear to ear. I mean, I, I feel slightly awkward still, but I mean, I've done a lot of podcasts and I still feel awkward. The thing that's awkward is that it's just us and them and all of the people listening to it here, right? Who you don't, you see that there's a bunch of people listening live in our oh, in our irreplaceable man community on Facebook. So However, you don't know how many thousands of people. I know listen. that's your mom, my mom, your family, our friends. We got to put it all out there because we're we're 
again, we're not perfect. We are a massive work in progress and we're putting it out there because we know that the things that we've done can help people. We have really great systems and structure and strategy that creates sustainability and it also holds us accountable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with this level of accountability, it's now we know the world is counting on us. There's a lot of people counting on us. There's people paying us for this. We, 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 we don't have an option to quit or to not be in it. And not that we need it. It just adds another level of, of accountability that I really like. Mm -hmm. That's what the mic does. Yes. Okay. So, all right. First episode of the Irreplaceable Man podcast is under our belt. Yep. It was an hour. It was. It was more than an hour, I think. Hour and seven minutes. Yeah. Well, I want to thank our, our Irreplaceable Man Facebook community. The cats, guys. the cats are just. I will post a picture of the cats. I want to thank our Irreplaceable Man Facebook community for being live. Every week we are going to be live. It's a, it's a bonus for being a part of our community. We're making a bunch of changes in there uh, or evolutions in there. So thank you for all of your support. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, there's it's it's been great as you've helped me or watched me evolve this thing and helped me through it. All of you guys have been fantastic. So now as we start this new journey, um, you know, the podcast is going to grow and we're going to be on, I think we're probably going to be on at least, I think we're going to be on at least once a month. Mm -hmm. We might actually push that to twice a month, depending on the feedback that we get from all of you. And I'm changing everything about the podcast. So my intros are going to change. The outros are going to change. Eventually they're going to be canned, not canned, you know, pre-recorded. So it's easier. However, for this one, we just want to thank you for showing up and evolving with us and listening and pre thank you for the feedback that you send over and that you write to us about. And, um, you know, if you found this to be helpful, make sure one that you're liking and subscribing or wherever you listen and two, share this thing out with somebody that you think might, might benefit. I would encourage you to listen to this with your spouse, men, listen to this with your wife, say, Hey, this is something that I'm committed to. And I'm going to follow some of the stuff, not all of the stuff, by the way, all that won't work for you. Some of the stuff that Ian and Meredith are talking about. And this is us. And I, you know, maybe you bring your wife in and say, Hey, this is us. Let's listen to what they have to say. Maybe just something that we say can make a, a little dent or a drastic change in your marriage or the way you communicate, or we're going to talk about stuff very openly and vulnerably. And maybe that it gives you an avenue to speak about that with, with that with your wife and opens up a conversation that you've never had and you've been wanting to have or really needed to have. Whatever we can do to be of service, we are here and we're fully committed to helping you become this irreplaceable man that you know you're capable of being and showing up in your marriage as the irreplaceable husband your wife will never fucking want to leave and the father that your kids will never want to trade because that mm -hmm. shit can happen too. Mm -hmm. And I think something expectation like it's not all going to happen at once yeah it's the micro changes and that, that like compound on top of each other that become small steps yeah. small steps yeah small steps and to our to our children who are listening to this in the future in the future this is our commitment to you too 
to make sure that well it choked me up a little bit did it yeah i made it through this whole episode without tearing up our commitment to and guys listen to this you know clearly your children are watching and modeling Mm -hmm. the relationship that you have the way you speak to each other the type of conversations you have the type of love and affection and the way you show each other all that they're modeling everything so to emp this is us saying we're gonna level this shit up even farther to make sure that we show you the best model that we know mm-hmm. of that we understand and are committed to showing you how to be great and irreplaceable in your relationships in the future. So not just for the men out there, it's not just for us, it's for our children so that we are the best, most irreplaceable versions of us so they can model. Right. And that's that. You want to high five or something? (laughs) I think this might be the most fun. There's a couple of comedians that I've had on the old podcast that were really fun. This is the most fun and like comfortable I, I think I've ever been. Really? Yeah. Even the old episodes that you and I have done, I feel like we were presenting before. Yeah. This one feels so damn authentic. And Bill Caffaretta is going to tell us this one feels so authentic because it's Not just to call you out or anything. It's you and I in the present moment with an right. open mic. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, look at us, we're, we have a, we fixed our marriage and you can too. Like, that's not what we're doing. We're just speaking. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. And I think the universe, and I think Conical tells too, I think, I think this is, we're exactly aligned with where we're, we're supposed to be right. in the right time, in the right place. And you and I doing this together is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. It is. Should we have five now or? <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll we'll uh we don't need to high five we can wait until okay we'll high five i still feel i'm still a little nervous behind the mic why feel i don't know i just feel awkward because i don't do this i don't do this this is not my my profession do it now and you're really good behind the mic okay thank you so don't worry you're very honest and open it's not like you're clammed up and you're like, oh, that's not something I want to talk about, Ian. That's not something that's on the table, Ian. I mean, we wouldn't have this. Yeah, that's true. We're doing this because we've, well, we've, but, we yeah. both are committed to being open and raw and honest about all the shit that we go through. And so, listen, both of you and I are experts in personal development. We've been through a lot. We've studied a lot and a lot of hours. So we're also coming in at this, not from our just our marriage. We're coming at this from having an expertise mm-hmm. in this this coaching space. Right. And I'm excited about it. I'm really excited. And if, for guys, for, for those of you listening, whether you're in the community right now or uh, listening live or you're listening on Spotify or Stitcher or Apple or wherever you listen, again, share this out. Make sure you like and subscribe. Um, if you haven't joined the community, make sure you get your butt in. Join the community. There's, there's a bunch of different options in there. And if you need help right now, if there's something that we said that triggered you, which by the way, there's something that triggered you in what we said. Mm-hmm. You spoke for an hour and 20 minutes. If there's something that triggered you and you're like, fuck, man, I got to do something about it. We're asking you to take action. We're your stand. We'll take care of you. Book a 20, 30 minute strategy session with me or one of our other coaches. Book a strategy session. That's it. You're not paying for anything. We're not asking you for a credit card. Nothing. If one of our programs fits you, amazing. If not, you got the strategy session. You keep staying on these. 
And that's our commitment. And that's your commitment. And if you decide that one of our programs you feel could help you get farther faster, amazing. Put more structure and, and sustainability in your life and, and really come up with a strategy of how you're going to execute this thing and save your marriage. Awesome. We're here for you. Other than that, appreciate you being here. We love you. And we'll catch you on the next one. Any parting words? I, now I feel on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'll get better, I promise. We just say thank you. Okay, thank, thanks for listening. <laughs> Should I stop it? Yeah, before it gets, before I get even more awkward. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.